Chapters twenty one to thirty of Krylov's Fables by Ivan Andreevich Krylov, selected and translated by C. Fillingham Coxwell, M.D. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty one The Fly and the Bee. In spring, along a waving stalk, a fly, ascending seas set high above her on a flower, a bee, ensconced as in a bower, and haughtily remarks, A busy state is yours, that all the day, from morn to eve, dull work endures. Call to vexatious toil, I might indeed have fainted, leading toward labor coy in paradise a life of joy. I am with such a care acquainted as flying amongst the guests at balls, where gracefully I publish how my sole connections are in the town's superior sections. But you should know what glorious feasting to me falls at any rout or birthday party, whither I surely come the first and eat off dainty porcelain. Next I quench my thirst, sipping choice wines from crystal, so that I feel hearty before the other guests. I sate my needs, with me to try the sweets it rests. I force my way where a maid is, among the youthful beauties mix. Yes, moments of inaction fix on rosy cheek or snowy neck among the ladies. All this I know full well, replies the modest bee. But then there have reached me ugly rumors. You are from folks' affections free, even at weddings, plague with selfish humors, and so, if e'er they find you scheming in a home, they drive you forth to roam. No matter, says the fly, they cannot my sort smother. Being through one door chased, I enter by another. Chapter Twenty Two, The Quartet. An ape, an ass, a goat, and Bruin in sport resort to actions they are new in together scheme to play quartet they filch the score a cello bass two fiddles then sitting neath a lime to solve sounds riddles and wide enchant their brains they set using the bow with force outrageous measures get now brothers stay the ape implores a moment linger tis melody we seek and lifts a warning finger here, Bruin, opposite the tenor, bring your bass. I'll, as first scraper, sit before the second. Our efforts so will come with better grace. On woods and hills applause, I've reckoned. They moved, and the quartet began, but scarcely favorably ran. A minute, please, i found a plan, brays out the ass. Twere more for us befitting in a line sitting. Obeying, they resumed with order in a row, but tuneful strains, harmonious, did not flow. Came quarrels and disunion, then as ever, but never agreed they where to stay. A nightingale flew nigh, who, hearkening in dismay, was forthwith asked by them to settle their contention. Have patience with us, listen, and allay dissension. How to ensure success, please indicate. Each of us has a book an instrument he late to find our seats we wait for the musician's art are needed comprehension skill taste and hearing sensitive my candid words forgive places however you may change them you'll shock your friends 
nay, more estranged them. Chapter 23 The Ducat Of worth is education, of value vast beyond a doubt, but if we show ourselves devout in finer lore we bring cessation of sturdy forces needful for salvation. T'were prudent, therefore, to examine close, lest we of culture give an o'er-compelling dose, ne'er should enlightenment too much the mind engross, we must not weaken spirit, undermine our manners, annihilate the simple life, nor having made the trivial rife should we enroll our folk beneath inglorious banners, aroused by such a cause for strife. One well could pen a book or make important speeches, but not to every one this urgency yet reaches. So, writing as in play, insisting not o'er much, I'll hint what I would say. A simple soul this story of such teaches, when walking home upon the ground, amid the dust and dirt, a ducat found. The news being known were offered to the peasant three handfuls of bright coppers in exchange. He pauses, waits a while, requests a larger present. Coveting wealth both new and pleasant, imagines craftily he better can arrange. Sharp gravel, sand, and chalk obtaining, and even pounding up a brick, he thinks a fortune he is gaining. Impatient strives and quick, proceeds the ducat's sides and edges to brighten, scratches and tears, then diligent repairs, while in a word his treasure's brilliancy would heighten. The grimy ducat thus was purified and glossed, but not as heavy after his levy the piece of gold had thinned and half its value lost. CHAPTER Twenty Four, THE EAGLE AND THE SPIDER An eagle that o'er clouds his way through Caucasus was threading, perched on a cedar far from crowds, gazed down on varied wonders spreading, at once he seemed to view the kingdoms of the earth, great fertile plains that knew of winding streams no dearth, here grooves and meadows rich gave birth to verdure bright and scenes engaging, and there the mighty Caspian raging. So dark was that, compared, it dulled the raven's worth. I praise thee, Zeus, that thou, when great events ordaining, decided so to establish me in vastness reigning, that here I lightly move, monarch of the world, he ceased. A small voice him saluted. As well my eyes perceive the beauties here unfurled. I have in flight your sway disputed. You are a boaster rare. To me it seems that I, a spider, have your claims refuted. Lower I am than you, O comrade, in my dreams. The eagle looked. A spider had done much. From a near branch around him a web spun. On a small twig was stirring, already of the sky the eagle's view was blurring. How camest thou to this glorious height? Thus asked the eagle. Fright ere long possesses all that are in flying boldest, precludes the vantage that thou holdest, wingless, a weakling. Really, didst thou upward crawl? Nay, I should never have so decided. Then who thee safely hither guided? 
I to yourself, my life confided, e'en from below I grasped your tail and did not fall, but I can here continue quite at ease without you, and though it does not enter my designs to flout you, I know that I— A gust from where's no consequence to an abyss blew down the spider thence. How think you, sirs? In truth I do not tremble, saying that such as give nor thought nor toil, but to grow rich and round a great man coil, in certain traits the spider close resemble, they puff out well the chest, and look as if endowed with a surpassing vigor. It only needs the wind's unrest, and, lo, they cut a wretched figure. CHAPTER Twenty Five. THE PEASANT AND THE ROBBER A peasant, setting up a home, bought at a fair a milk-pail and cow together, and then in pleasant weather, journeying through the forest, to his home would roam, but sudden he a robber came on, who left him bare as any lime-tree stripped of bark. "'Have pity,' cried the peasant, "'to my pleadings hark, show of compassion just a spark, for more than a whole year I've centred my every aim on this handsome cow the wish has filled my soul.' "'Tis well you shall my deeds control. Thus spoke the thief, ne'er mercy stifle. I do not lack a pail with which to milk your cow, so will allow that you shall have the wished-for trifle. CHAPTER Twenty Six: THE LION AND THE PANTHER A lion in past days chanced on an agile panther, and in frequent phrase the ownership of sundry woods and dens disputed, Actions at law with beasts are not the usual mode, animals strong and fierce being so constituted that they observe a simple code, always the weaker bear the load. However, in order not eternally to bicker, letting their wrath out flicker, they thought than strife a legal settlement were quicker. Into their minds it came to cease their conflicts rude, and with the brawl suspension to offer terms eternal peace conclude till the next tension let us appoint for each a secretary glib of speech suggests the panther to the lion his fine metal our feud will settle with such a purpose sound i will engage a cat a creature no way puissant save to kill a rat do you appoint an ass who is a being noted, and, by the by, excuse the thought, he'll surely prove to you enormously devoted. Believe me, as a friend, your counsel are as naught in sapience grave beside his muzzle. We can rest certain that my cat and he will solve the hardest puzzle. The lion soon in all concurred as splendid, but liking not the ass, a fox to him preferred. In this particular the scheme amended, remarking to himself, showing he something new, tis well your enemy's suggestions to eschew. CHAPTER Twenty Seven: THE WOLF IN THE KENNEL At night a wolf with thoughts on sheep-folds centred, a kennel entered, and swift aroused the angry pack that scenting near at hand the gray and horrid bully barked against each other struggled 
felt the insult fully the huntsman crying lads were on his track prepared to meet the strange attack forthwith the kennel scene grows hellish men up with cudgels run or load a gun a light there bring a light tis quickly done the wolf retreats the prospect does not relish but grinds his teeth and sits with bristling hair pressed in a corner while his eyes with fury glare perceiving that no lambs the scene embellish and that he has indeed at last to settle for his thieving past he opens all aghast negotiations thus craftily begins my friend why raise this din i'm of your kith and kin peace is my wish to-day i love not altercations let us forget the past and i'll observe this rule not only toward your flocks will my ardor cool but for their benefit i other wolves shall school an oath as wolf i promise and am willing always o neighbor patient list what says the huntsman with raised fist fellow i'm grayer than you wist in wolfish matters i a serious part am filling and therefore tis my custom a in no respect with strolling wolves to play except to take their skins away and instantly his dogs the visitor are killing chapter twenty eight apelles and the young ass apelles the great artist saw an ass colt asked him on a visit am i an honored guest why is it the ass demanded nigh some beast would draw and say apelles often in a hurry myself will worry i plague and torture me to serve some flattering end i'm sure he likes my look dear friend and sketches me as pegasus the noted oh no apelles said who happened to stand near i wish to find a model long of ear for midas whom the gods to be an ass promoted favor me with a call i shall be very glad though i have countless donkeys ears at times inspected i ne'er even among the old and sad and full-grown good or bad discerned ears as large as yours therefore are you selected chapter twenty nine the miser a goblin of the house guarding a golden store was by the demon chief called from beneath the floor and sent in far-off lands to wander exiled for many years on other cares to ponder in service strict the goblin could not well ignore this secret authoritative bidding but how was it to keep despite the ridding the treasure safe preserved from all attack until it should come back to hire a proper guardian or construct defences would institute or great expenses to leave the chests alone would bring the risk of loss that could not for a day be thought of since thieves who came the place across would hindrances make naught of the spirit worried brooded satisfied at last into the presence of the skinflint owner passed yet first of all it dug out of the ground the treasure it says o oh master 
please some news to hear i have to travel far such is my ruler's pleasure but you will be a recollection dear now at farewell as friendship's token i have brought out this gorgeous array eat drink be ever gay squander in course unbroken if it shall come to you to die then who should your heir be but i that is my sole condition meantime may destiny promote your chief ambition it spoke was gone the goblin after years a score sudden from distant toil forbore returned once more through hidden regions sailing what sees it oh the joy behold the miser pressed of hunger dead upon his treasure chest nor riches there are failing the guardian takes again the gold no ducats losing gloats that since days of old expenses have been naught though plans of its own choosing if any wealthy miser lives but as a mouse who will receive his hoard the goblin of the house chapter thirty the sightseer good day my best of friends tell me where have you strayed oh to the big museum really i'm afraid i've walked at least three hours can you conceive it my mind so full by talking i'll relieve it i have amazing sights surveyed a place remarkable that hall of wonders there nature her extent and potency forth thunders what beasts and birds have i astounded there not seen what butterflies and beetles spiny and various flies cockchaffers shiny in hue some coral-like and some of emerald green there scarcely than a pin-head greater were ladybirds and curious works of the creator you saw the elephant describe his form and say is he a mountain past all question he is not there oh yes then i mistook the way of such a thing got no suggestion End of chapters 21 to 30